Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Aminatu So. And I'm Anne Friedman. Today's episode features a human who 100% keeps us organized and keeps us from being in trouble with the federal government. I'm talking about CYG's accountant, Claudia Yi Leon, who is truly the best, like truly like one of those professionals who I just feel like so safe in in uh, the arms of her spreadsheets, like so cradled <laughs> um, and supported. And um, I love that we can bring some of her knowledge to all of our listeners. I mean, my blood pressure is already rising because you know how I feel about tax time. Um, <laughs> you know how I feel about tax professionals. But I will say this about Claudia. Claudia was the first time that I talked to someone who was remotely involved in the tax business who, when I left, I didn't feel like a complete, like, like, like idiotic person. And I also felt that they had tried to explain to me the thing that they were doing. And it was a revelation for me. I was like, oh, you can talk to someone who does taxes and then not have to be in a catatonic state afterwards. I, I know, know it's that. shocking. So Claudia is the is the co-owner of Many Happy Returns, which is an accounting firm based uh, in Los Angeles. She also runs the Instagram account Taxes for Artists, where she posts like a lot of super, super helpful info for people who are self-employed or who are dealing with tax issues that are outside the standard, like I just get a W-2 some stuff that you might need to know about pandemic taxes and about thinking about your accounting in this particular like chaotic moment. Welcome back to the show, Claudia. Thanks, Gina. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah. So I don't know. A couple things happened last year. Yeah. 2020. What happened? Yeah. Everything happened and nothing happened. But, you know, it's been a year of, of personal growth. And the main thing that I want to tell everyone is as you approach the coming year in terms of your taxes and uh, squaring away 2020 is if you haven't learned this already, you got to get used to uncertainty. So all you type A personalities Drop that down to a B, C, or D because we can't control <laughs> what we've learned from 2020 is we can't control anything, including um, the economy and including the incredibly, incredibly well intentioned help that the government has been uh, pushing through in the clunkiest manner possible. But God bless them, they're, uh, they're doing their best. Let's put it this way. A lot of it is coming through the IRS. The IRS has 77,000 employees and there are 143 million taxpayers. So just know that phone is not going to get answered. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny you mentioned the phone. The last time you were here, you were helping us get our taxes right in a broad cosmic sense 
getting things together, getting our money in order. Today, we want to talk very specifically about how to get your 2020 tax return right because there is relief available, because there are new things that have been rolling out. So first things first, we have a new filing deadline. So when should we be planning to send our taxes in? Yes. So if you haven't heard by now, the new IRS deadline to both file and pay your 2020 taxes is May 17th, which gives you an extra month to procrastinate. No, an extra month to uh, get your shit together and figure out what benefits you can derive. And this is important because the pandemic and the economic recovery and aid it's a very fast moving topic. New rules are, are rolling out literally every day. So for example, right now, the uh, filing and paying deadline for 2020 is May 17th. However, check with your state to see if they're conforming to this date. Not all states are. The TurboTax blog is actually a good place to check uh, to see if your state is conforming to the May 17th deadline. Another thing that is a big like curveball is that for those of us who are self-employed, you know, own our own small businesses where we don't get money taken out at payroll, we have estimated taxes to pay. The first quarter 2021 estimated taxes are still due April 15th, not May 17th. As of today, just assume that you are going to pay your Q1 uh, estimated taxes for 2021, April 15th. And yeah, um, so we record, we're recording this a little bit ahead, but for anyone listening to this April 9th and beyond, do a quick double check, but you still have a couple of days to get your estimated done. So if we're waiting to file till May 17th and we might not know how to estimate what should we do? That's the big catch 22. Exactly. So usually the minimum amount of quarterly payments that you are required to pay are usually based on your previous year's taxes. So 2021's estimated taxes would be based on 2020's taxes, which aren't going to be done by April 15th if you're taking advantage of the extended deadline. So here are the options I'm going to give you. If your income was kind of like samey, samey to, to the previous years, just use last year's estimated tax amounts. That's option one. Option two, I'm just going to say a guess. Just guess, dude. If you made half as much as the previous year, pay half. If you made twice as much, pay double. Three, blow it off because the penalty is three quarters of a percent per quarter. So um, if you're okay with paying a little bit of penalty, if you're okay with paying like basically 3% per year of a penalty, just blow it off, dude. It's okay. It's free. It's really, it's freeing sometimes. And just remember too, that if it's a day late, it's a quarter late. So if you, if it's April 16th and you're like, oh shit, I didn't pay it, then you may as well wait until June because the, the penalty will be the same. Right. So if you're not listening to this episode the day this came out and you're like, oh, fuck, now I'm screwed. Like Claudia just said, it's already a little bit late. Pay a little bit of penalty. File in June. Things are chaotic. You're three quarters. Yeah, you're three quarters of a percent screwed. Like that's not like, yeah, that 
So unless you've been raking <laughs> it in in Q1, you'll probably be okay. Exactly. You told me before we got on the call, Claudia, you're going to tell us the greatest hits of 2020 relief. Tell yeah. what, walk us through the singles. Like, where are we at on the greatest hits? Yeah, my billboard list of um, of 2020's relief bangers are um, <laughs> <laughs> stimulus checks. So there were stimmies of like 1200 600 and now there's a $1,400 one. And that's like per person. So, you know, if you're married filing jointly and you qualify, you would get like 2400 you know, if you had um, for, for the first relief bill. The first relief bill also gave you money for, uh, for a child, like $500. You know, the second relief bill as well, you got 600 per person and 600 per child. The numbers were a little different if you were uh, filing as head of household, but yeah, kind of in those amounts. So this is how that worked. If uh, the, the first two stimulus checks of 1200 and 600 were based on either 2018 or 2019's filed returns. So whichever one the IRS had on hand. So if you didn't qualify based on those income levels, but now because your income was drastically reduced in 2020 during the actual pandemic, you qualify, you can actually reclaim those checks that you missed on this year's tax return. It's called the recovery rebate credit. Make sure that you look for it in your, um, you know, in your tax software, or you ask your your tax preparer to sign you up for the recovery rebate credit, and then you'll just receive those missing checks as a tax refund. And so, what were those limits? Like, who qualified for those stimulus checks? I'm sure people knew whether or not they hit their bank accounts, but if you right. were expecting one and didn't get one, exactly. Yeah. So the first two, um, so all of them, the thresholds were like seventy five thousand uh, dollars or one hundred and fifty thousand dollars married filing jointly. If you made below that amount, then you qualified for stimulus, and then they phased out as your income got higher. The latest one, which is that fourteen hundred dollar one, that phases out by $80,000 for single or $160,000 for married filing jointly. What's great about this latest stimulus is that you get $1,400 per person and you also get $1,400 per child. So that's very generous and that should help you through uh, through the spring, I hope. Um, and very important, stimulus is not taxable. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about it, just grab it, spend it and move on. The next banger is... uh, (laughs) Number two with a bullet. Yes. Actually, this just happened a few weeks ago. Congress decided to retroactively make $10,200 of unemployment insurance non-taxable. And that's per person for household incomes under $150,000. So that means that if you file single... And you made under 150000 and you also collected unemployment. 10200 of it is not taxable. If you're married, that 150000 cap still um, still applies. So it's like, okay, it's an okay threshold if you're married, but it's a great threshold if you're single. If you already filed, you early birdies caught the worm, didn't you? The IRS has stated that you do not need to file an amendment. 
they will recalculate your refund and send it back to you. So they have your they have your tax return. It's all computerized. They're just gonna like send it through the old you know punch card machine and <laughs> and spit out a refund for you if you uh, if you require if you uh, uh, if you qualify one and and require one. And so actually. They right now they're saying, please don't file an amendment because you're just going to like you're just going to slow it down for everyone. So just like chill and wait. And again, the uncertainty. We know that's not what you like to do early birdies. But just if you listen to our last episode, you know, we talked about the IRS's magic algorithms. The algos are crawling all over looking for your UI to try and get that rebate to you. Exactly. That AI is on your UI. (laughs) (laughs) i'm shocked we're not billboard uh charting record producers with our our collective irs wit all right so greatest hit number three yes the last banger is um enhanced unemployment so um you know, after the first, the very first relief bill back in March 2020, uh, we were given $450 a week of additional federal unemployment. Usually um, unemployment is doled out by your state. So if you qualified for a dollar of your state's unemployment, then you would get an additional $450 a week from the federal government. And of course, it was extended to self-employed and gig workers who are usually kind of locked out of um of the whole unemployment insurance system because they're not on payroll. So that was great. Um, and now enhanced unemployment benefits have been extended until September 4th uh, after the last relief bill. Uh, but that gives you, that gives you an extra $300 a week. It's not quite as generous as 450, but you know what? We'll take it. And um, so, yeah, those are the greatest hits. These are some good greatest hits. I got some B sides for you. Yeah, hit us with the, hit us with those um, with those deep cuts. <laughs> so um, let's talk about health care. So did you get hit with an ACA premium tax credit repayment? Do you even know what I'm talking about? I'm shaking my head. I have no idea. I don't know how many people are aware of this, but when taxpayers register on the healthcare marketplace and understate their expected income, either through a mistake or through trying to be too clever by half, this results in a higher healthcare subsidy, which means you pay a lower monthly premium. So that's awesome. You know, you go in there, you're like, I don't know, I'm making like 5,000 a year, and then you get this huge break on your premiums. Well, when the end of the year comes, you may not realize it, but you report your actual income and you end up having to pay an extra tax. It's the premium tax credit, which is basically the amount of healthcare that you should have been paying that you should not have had subsidized. So in general, my advice to taxpayers when dealing, uh, taxpayers who are kind of on that border of getting a subsidy, not getting subsidy, 
And especially freelancers who are not quite sure, you know, how much you're going to make. Yeah, our income can change so much year to year. It really does. If you can afford it, just pay the premium uh, without a subsidy. Because if it turns out that your income is much lower at the end of the year, when you file your taxes, you will get actually get back that subsidy on your tax return, which, you know, depending on like what your financial and saving situation is, might be a welcome surprise and more welcome than getting hit with an extra penalty for understating your income at the beginning of the year. It's not a perfect system. I have to say, you know, I, I loves me some healthcare marketplace, but yeah, I wish there was a better, a better way to do this. This is what we have. So, <laughs> so just, just know that if you don't get the subsidy right now, it's not like gone forever. You'll get it back as a tax credit. But as a pandemic special, yes, for 20, yeah, for 2020, if you guys did that thing I just told you not to do, which is understate your, your income to get a big, uh, fat, juicy, uh, Healthcare subsidy. subsidy. Yeah. You don't have to pay it back in 2020. So y'all lucked out, but don't expect that in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> there are some like extra Easter eggs in this too. Oh yes, definitely. Um, so after the, uh, the first relief bill, um, this is totally random, but super awesome. And uh, you know, um, it really, really past due and coming. Um, the first relief bill permanently made tampons and other menstruation products, as well as over-the-counter drugs, medical expenses uh, for the purposes of using your FSA or HSA plans, which are these like medical savings plans that are tax-free. So basically what that means is your menstruation pro- um, products and your your Advils and your condoms and your lubes are tax-free. As they should be. Huzzah. As they should be. Let's party. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right. um, so that, that's, that's fabulous. I'll um, take that. okay i have to ask about the favorite acronym of the whole pandemic the ppp there's been so many p words over the course of this panini press panduil say whatever else calling the (laughs) pandemic on tiktok so the ppp was like ancient history but it's not tell me what's going on with that as we're thinking about filing for this yeah it's the um it is it is the the gift that keeps on giving yeah um if you guys have been scared away from ppp because when it was initially rolled out it had like a million rules that could not possibly be followed by anybody without a full-time accountant so what's so what's PPP like now and who's it for? Like cuz when we think about a small business, I might be thinking about a restaurant that's been struggling, I might be thinking about a retailer. If I'm someone who does gig work and has no employees, am I a small business under you this? You are a you are the smallest of small businesses, but you're still a business. Yeah, I mean if you drive for like, you know, if you're an Uber driver, if you have like a small a small home business, an Etsy business, you are a small business. If you file something called a Schedule C, then you are a small business. If you are not on someone else's payroll, if, if, uh, if a company doesn't take out the taxes before they pay you for your services, you are a small business. So I'm a gig worker. I get any, I get some 1099 income. 
Exactly. I'm not necessarily organized as a small business. I don't, I haven't gone out and incorporated, but like I can apply for this. Yeah, you are a small business. Exactly. So what the PPP loan is, so it's called a loan. And I think that's why people are like kind of shying away from it. But it is, if it is used correctly, which is if you use at least 60% of it for payroll or payroll equivalents, which is just your profit if you're a gig worker or you know a, a small sole proprietor person. Um, if you use the loan for at least 60% uh, payroll or payroll equivalents and the rest is like, I don't know, like rent, mortgage, uh, utilities, then you can have that loan forgiven. So when they first rolled this out, they're like, okay, and then you're going to have to like have all this paperwork to prove that you spent it. Da, 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 da. It was a, t it was a nightmare. Um, so <laughs> basically um, Congress, I, I believe it was the second bill fixed it up and they're like, you know what? Or, or why don't we just say if your loan was less than $150,000, just sign this paper that says, I certify that I use this money correctly and your loan is automatically forgiven. Nice. And um, so basically my advice is get the APPP loan. And um, if, you know, if it's going to be 150, under $150,000 and just use it all for pay, like if you have a S corp, uh, use it all for payroll. If you have a single member LLC or a sole proprietorship, you know, you just get 1099, just pay it all out to yourself. And you're and you're done, you know, your paper, your your paper trail, which you do. Technically, you are supposed to, um, you know, use it correctly, save the receipts for five years in case of an SBA audit. That's a small business administration it has nothing to do with the, with the IRS audit. They are not they're not in this game at all. So right, you're saying it's a different part of the Treasury Department. So it's still the cutting checks part of the government, but exactly over in the SBA. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, they just want to make sure that you used it correct. I mean, they're saying save the receipts for five years. Are they really going to go oh, like after, you know, my like $3,000 loan? Probably not, but save it anyway. And the amount you're going to get, it's equivalent to two and a half months of wages or wage equivalents. And you would just use whichever, um, honestly, you would use you. I think right now you can use either 2019 or 2020's tax return Use the one with the higher number so you can get a, you know, a higher amount of loan. And actually this month, uh, there are new rules that allow these same small business uh, sole proprietors, gig workers, instead of using their uh, self-employed profit, they can use their self-employed gross income. Wow. which yeah, which is and that's the amount of money you made before you subtract out all your expenses. So you definitely want to do that. And that applies to, um, to sole proprietors with less than 150,000 gross income a year. Right. So, so yeah. for, just to refresh, so for when you're thinking about, okay, I got all of my 1099s here and I had all of my expenses here, the number that you end up seeing on your Schedule C is often much lower than just the total amount that you made because- you had expenses as a person running expenses. a business. Exactly. And so what Claudia is saying is a big, is a, as a, our new president, Joe Biden likes to say, a big fucking deal. <laughs> and what's the deadline to apply for this? If 
for those sole proprietors and small business folks who may not have applied for PPP at all? Um, so Uncle Joe just signed the PPP Extension Act of 2021 that um, it was about to expire March 31st. It now expires May 31st. So you have several months to make that happen. And I think you really should. It's very, very easy to apply. You just need, um, if you're a sole proprietorship, you literally just need to look at your previous year's tax return. And it, you know, like every, there's a lot of fintech companies. You could either go through your bank or, uh, or through your credit union that you have a relationship with. Um, or you can just, uh, you know, go through any of these fintech companies that have set up a portal. Uh, there's like, I don't know, Cabbage, Lendio, Smart Biz. There's a million of them. If you just Google PPP, like a bunch of them will come up. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it'll so just we don't worry through. about the Mike Judge sounding names of these funky corporations. They're actually doing something for real for us. The cheesier, sometimes the better because <laughs> they just literally like, stick your numbers in an algorithm and spit out a a result in you know in a day or two great which which is great yeah so um and so once you receive it you have 24 weeks from the time it hits your bank account to use the funds and you have 24 weeks plus 10 months uh from receiving the funds to apply for forgiveness and again that forgiveness is like that one paper that you that you sign that says yes i used it correctly so, um, so that, that's awesome. If you already got the PPP loan, you can actually apply for a second PPP loan. You'll basically get the same amount. Um, and if, uh, so the requirements for that is your revenue must have dropped at least 25% in any quarter of 2020 compared to the previous quarter of 2019. And uh, so if you have that, if you- I'm assuming if, that's most people. That's most people, exactly, especially that first quarter where everyone just like shut down and there was like no work and no economic activity. You also have to have, and for the second PPP loan, they did fix those, uh, you know, those problems that we saw in the first PPP and uh, made the requirement that you have to have less than 300 employees. So, you know, you do have to be a small business. So, Sorry, LA Lakers, no PPP2 for you. <laughs> <laughs> so again, taxes. So we already talked about the stimmies are free, no tax implications. What about our PPP? So the PPP is tax-free and the expenses that you use to pay for with your PPP are still deductible. So you get like a double whammy, exactly. Ooh. So that, um, but, haha, caveat, on your federal return, not all states are conforming to federal. It really depends, you know, if they want to tax. Some states are deciding to tax it, some states aren't. It really just depends on that state's vibe. A place that you can check, the Tax Foundation, which is taxfoundation.org, has a pretty up-to-date list of states um, and, you know, if they're conforming or not to PPP taxation. Wow. This is great news. And part of my takeaway from this is this tax extension is not just for me to 
fool around a little longer binging shows, but actually to figure out what the heck I need to do here. I don't know if this is a conflict of interest to ask, but like, do you think that the average person who's a gig worker who's trying to take advantage of all these benefits, like, is the tax software going to be enough to figure it all out? Are these algos going to help us or do we need professional help? I think you should be able to figure it out yourself. I mean, you know, this tax software really, it really holds your hand and walks you through with their with their questions. I think you should be okay. But again, like part of the reason we need time, we need extra time to file is because the software needs to be updated with these rules. Oh, yeah. And the software can't be updated with these rules until the IRS promulgates uh, revenue procedures on how exactly to do this. So for example, right now, I have like five people that I can file. However, they owe premium tax credits and the Treasury Department, you know, the IRS has not um, has not put out guidance on how exactly to do that. So you can't program the software. So tax preparers can't hit file. So in addition to this May 17th, it sounds like everybody's filing for an extension. <laughs> yeah, the IRS really needs an extension. I mean, they're just trying to push out those $1,400 checks, you know, and they still have to like file, you know, they still have to like file everyone's tax returns. They got to fix that like 10200 unemployment insurance, uh, non-taxable uninsurance situation. And they're still working on 20, you know, on 2019 tax returns. <laughs> fun fun god god bless them yeah. okay so we talked about the greatest hits we talked about some b-sides but wait there's more but wait there's more for 2021 yes so there is a 300 dollar above the line charitable contribution deduction both for 2020 and 2021 and what that means is i don't know if you guys have noticed especially if you don't have a lot of itemized deductions, but your charitable deductions most years, they just go in a trash can of unusability with respect to your, to your taxes, not to the benefit of humanity. So <laughs> yeah, please keep, keep making charitable contributions. Right. But um, those like that, you know, in lieu of the Christmas present, the birthday gift, those 50, $100, $25, $10 donations, they weren't doing much if you weren't really, really incredibly itemized. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So now uh, the IRS is allowing $300 to be directly subtracted from your uh, taxable income, which is awesome. So yeah, so just make sure that it is a 501c3 charitable organization, no political campaign do donations. Those are not taxable. And GoFundMes for individuals are, I'm going to say, 99.9999% right. sure that those aren't taxable. Those no. aren't and, you know, well. keep up those GoFundMe donations, keep up those mutual aid donations, but they're not going to help you here. Just, to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying be stingy. I'm just saying. Um, Don't try and fraudulate the government <laughs> by deducting your political contributions, yes. as wonderful as they are. <laughs> yes. Another thing that they um, they stuck in one of the relief, I think the second relief bill is, um, and 
you know, it's questionable whether this kind of tax incentive will uh, will actually spur growth in the restaurant industry, which has been hit very, very hard by the pandemic. But um, but let's give it a try. Right now, they've made meals 100 percent deductible for tax years 2021 and 2022. Uh, they used to be 50 uh, percent deductible. But now you can you can take you can take the whole meal as a write-off. So yeah, just let's bring back the three martini lunch. Yes. Shall we? As the world opens back up, business lunches galore. Please, please. Yes. I'll take you out to business lunch, Claudia. Fabulous. Once I get um, back, so that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um what else? Oh the, the kiddos. Yes. For the breeders listening. <laughs> <laughs> the child tax credit for 2021 is now $3,000. It used to be 2000. So 3000 is is quite quite a boost. And if you have kitties under 6 years old, you get $3600 per head. Uh, that's uh that's a very big deal. The credit is actually supposed to be an upfront periodic payment. That's the way it was written into the bill. No more details have been provided. What um, frequency? What kind of period? Uh, Heavy flow? Light trickle? Yeah. Like spotting? Yeah. Um, so the first payments, and also written into the bill, the first payments are supposed to show up July 1st. So I'm sure there will be guidance. Again, uncertainty in the air. Roll with it. Let's. So we Let's don't even know if that's like you have to have filed your 2020 taxes already. That's just like a credit that's going to arrive at some point after July. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, literally have no idea than what I just told you, but I'm sure there will be there More will be information guidance coming to come. Out. Exactly. All right, we're two yes. shruggy emojis here, but with kids, <laughs> exactly. For that cash. But, um, but yeah, and, you know, using this opportunity to plug Taxes for Artists, follow the Instagram Taxes for Artists, where I always try to post the latest, um, the latest information on all things tax, stimulus, and... In beautiful, um, shareable slides, so you can put it in your stories and be a hero to your friends. Or memes. Yes. Exactly. Um, so that's coming down the, okay. down the pike. Great. And there's other tax credits happening. There's a few other little little bits and bobs that I'm just going to gloss over. Um, the earned income tax credit uh, gets a big increase. Uh, it is the, the EITC. It's a refundable tax credit aimed at lifting the working poor out of poverty. What, uh, what refundable tax credit means is, you know, if you paid, say, $500 in tax, but you get a $1,000 refundable tax credit, then you will get the full 1000, not just the tax that you paid, but you will get a refund above the amount of tax that you paid in. So that's it's what it's designed to put extra cash in the pockets of families who are kind of in that working poor category, and encourage them to file taxes in order to get it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, so so I definitely want to put that PSA out there that if you know a working poor family who generally don't bother filing their taxes because, you know, they're like, oh, I made so little, I, you know, I'm not going to owe anything. 
actually, you know what? Try it. Give it a give it a whirl because you may get the earned income tax credit. And here in California, we have our own earned income tax credit as well. So, uh, and you can go to a VITA center, which is a volunteer income tax assistance center. It's run by the federal government, but they have um, they have offices all over the country. And check out our previous episode. Claudia talked a bunch about the VITA centers and also how that can be a great volunteer opportunity as the world opens back up. If you want to, if you become a tax nerd yourself and want to help out other people to be able to get their taxes done for free, it's a great opportunity on both sides. It really is. I mean, you can give a family back like $6,000 in one fell swoop and that, that that's that's a great feeling. Ooh, Claudia, we covered a lot of ground. There's a, a lot of things happen this year. It feels like there's only more to come. There will. So for that person who's listened through, who's the diligent patient person, but like hasn't filed yet and is now feeling overwhelmed, what are your two takeaways for today? I would say if you're on Instagram, I would follow IRS news because they're always putting out little little nuggets of information that you may or may not know. Uh, the IRS website is a great place to start, irs.gov. You can actually, yeah, if you're, if you're wondering where your payment is, you can track your payment, you can track your refund there. There's a lot of stuff where you don't have to pick up a phone that you can figure out. Also, ooh, your stimulus might come on a debit card in a blank envelope do not throw that away oh yeah we had one of those in my home yes Mm, yeah it was like it looks like junk mail it's not junk yes so good plug for everyone who's um uh anxious avoidant (laughs) it's a good time to be opening your mail because there might be free stimulus money in there exactly yeah Yeah. there might be goodies exactly or you know like a bed bath and beyond coupon yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) double mask and get a little treat with that stimulus check use the website absolutely yes as always claudia thank you so much for your guidance for more information on what you've heard today you can check out a bunch of resources we're going to put on our website Claudia has written a bunch of this out, so we'll have information you can cross-check if you didn't catch any of the deadlines that you've heard here. Follow, follow, follow Taxes for Artists. Impeccable advice. A++ memes. Good and beautifully designed slides to share with your friends. (laughs) And listen to our old episode, Get Your Taxes Right. This is a spin-off edition, Get Your Taxes Right for 2020, because dang, was it quite a year that we're all going to be processing for a while, but... Let's get some let's get some tax benefit out of it while we're on while we're out here. Absolutely. And yeah, don't be hard on yourself if you if you miss something or you uh, you know felt like you didn't do everything correctly, you didn't hit all of the, you know, all of all of the targets this year. It's been a hell of a year, but it can only go up from now. Knock on wood to that. Thank you so much, Claudia. No problem. Good talking to you, Gina. Claudia. Love to hear from Claudia. Love to hear from Claudia. Love it. If, um, what a pro. if you if you both could get um Joe Biden on here to tell people about the stimulus, I would also love that voicemail. Um, but we'll take Claudia for today. 
I love the idea that our our list is like, okay, the president of the United States, first choice to explain the stimulus, second choice, our accountant, <laughs> Claudia Yileon. <laughs> and I'm like, number two is not that bad. You know what I mean? Like, we're doing great. I mean, number two is doing better than number one uh, <laughs> when it comes to this issue, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, thank you to number two. Yep. The best. Anyway, I will see you on the internet and in the spreadsheets. See you in the spreadsheets, boo-boo. You can find us many places on the internet, callyourgirlfriend.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on all your faves. Subscribe, rate, review, you know the drill. Call us back, leave a voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. You can email us, callyrgf at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at callyrgf. And you can buy our book, Big Friendship, anywhere you buy books, but we are really partial to independent bookstores. Our theme song is by Robin. Original music composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Our logos are by Kanisha Sneed. Our producer is Jordan Bailey. This podcast is executive produced by Gina Delvac. <laughs>